Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Gekonia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. That's right, folks. It's the one, the only Gecko Nation Radio. I hope everybody's doing good tonight. Tonight is April 27, 2014. And, uh, oh, wow, chat room is filling up fast. Let's see who we got today. We have uh, Heather from Airway Geckos. We have Brooke. Olowski. Everybody give Brooke a shout out. Uh, or actually, give Brooke a, uh, a like on Facebook. Uh, if you guys need a banner or a, uh, a logo made up for your gecko business or whatever kind of business you're doing, uh, Brooke does amazing work. She's done pretty much all of my stuff so far. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Brooke. Uh, Chris Malazuski. Hope I uh, pronounced that right, Chris. Good seeing you yesterday at the Hamburg show. Uh, and your family, of course. Elsa, of course, Elsa. She's one of our devoted fans. Uh, a couple guests. We have Mr. Jeff Scott. What's up, Jeff? Uh, Sean from Heavy Duty Reptiles, another hardcore GNR fan. Uh, Mr. Soft Kitty, and, of course, our esteemed anchorman, Steve Barker. And uh, I'm sure it's going to fill up even more if we're just, we have that many right now. Uh, tonight, guys, good show. Uh, I don't have a lot of itinerary planned for the actual show. We're going to kind of just see where it takes us. Um, I have one of my good friends and someone that is very well-loved in the gecko world, and that is Miss Marsha McGinnis of Golden Gate Geckos. And uh, Marsha's made, I don't know how many appearances on on our show so far, but uh, it's actually been a little while since she's been with us, so it's uh, timely that we brought her back. Tonight was originally supposed to be the FlexWatch show, but I had to move that due to some uh, schedule conflicts, and we're going to do that show soon. Um, but just wanted to make sure that tonight was a good one, and I just want to... Um, I'm so glad Marsha was able to make it for us. Um, another thing I wanted to mention before we get started, everyone, uh, we have a special uh, show coming up on a Wednesday. We're actually doing a special show uh, because of uh, the person's busy schedule, and that is uh, the Return of Sasebeck Reptiles. Mr. Matt Veronic will be joining us on Wednesday, which is April 30th at 8 o'clock. Okay, so it's not going to uh the Herpentine radio schedule. I would never do that to our affiliate. Um, so it's going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so, uh, so uh, Central it'll be 7 and uh, West Coast it'll be uh, 5 o'clock. Don't miss it. Matt and I are going to talk about some some pretty cool stuff and things that he's got cooking, and uh, I think it's going to be a great show. Now, tonight, we're going to open the phone lines, guys, okay? This is your chance to get your gecko questions answered. 
or if you just want to call in with some comments or whatever. All right, the number to call in tonight is 646-478-5331. Again, it's 646-478-5331. All right, before we get started, everybody, I must give my awesome sponsors their due. Check them out. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Ron Tremper is the biggest contributor to leopard gecko morph making. Known worldwide for his amazing examples of living art. You can now download his Leopard Gecko Care app, his Morph Encyclopedia app called Leopard Gecko Pro, and visit his site, leopardgecko.com, to see where morphs are made. GiantLeopardGecko.com specializes in giant and supergiant leopard geckos with a focus on selectively bred exceptional lines of many different morph combinations, including high-end African fat tails and crested geckos. With over 17 years of experience in herpetoculture, Keith Kiggins brings you quality, integrity, and value. Check out GiantLeopardGecko.com on the web and on Facebook. Reptiles Express is the absolute best live animal shipping company with great low rates. Debbie is the queen of customer service and will make sure your precious cargo gets to where it needs to. They also have a wide array of shipping supplies from deli cups, snake bags, heat packs, and more. Visit reptilesexpress.com and become a member today. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or it can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. ABDragons.com is your source for the highest quality dubia roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps, ABDragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt Reptile Heat Tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out ABDragons.com online and on Facebook. All right, everybody, we are back. And uh, a couple other things that I wanted to mention uh, before we get started is, um, number one, 2,036 members to the Gecko Nation group on Facebook. That is incredible. Um, everybody that's a regular poster in there and uh, everybody that's just very helpful to all our new members and new hobbyists and everything, I want to thank you all. Uh, everybody that's really benefiting from the group, uh, let us know. You know, make a, maybe I'll make a post tomorrow and, uh, you know, you guys can uh, tell us how you feel about the group. It's really going strong. I'm, I'm just so impressed and surprised. It's only, the group is only like seven months old, I think, seven or eight months old, something like that. Um, so 2,000 members, that's, that's a lot. I mean, every week we had about 100. So uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for making it as good as it is. And uh, also I want to let everybody know that uh, the Cafe Press uh, website is ready. So if you guys want to order Gecko Nation Radio stuff or Gecko Nation Radio uh, Gecko Nation uh, T-shirts and stuff, keep an eye on that site. We're adding new stuff all the time, and you guys are going to be able to get shirts, hats, mugs, whatever you want. 
uh, related to the show and the group. All right, I'm going to take this as far as I can go and, uh, you know, make it as fun as possible, of course. And uh, yesterday was the Hamburg. I want to thank everybody that came out, everybody that grabbed geckos. Thank you, of course. I hope they do great for you. And uh, it was good seeing some people. Saw Chris there. Uh, saw Mandy and her family. Nice seeing you guys. And uh, a bunch of other people. I see Landon. I saw um, Austin West was there, of course. Uh, a bunch of people. If I miss anybody, I apologize. Uh, Blake and I did pretty good. Good show. A lot of flex lot moves. That's always good. Everybody loves flex lot. And uh, I don't know. I just had a good time. It's not too hot yet. I hope they get air conditioning in there for the summer, though. That, that's, that's all that show needs to be perfect because it gets really hot in the summertime. But uh, other than that, everything uh, everything's going good here. Starting to hatch out geckos. Eggs are building up in the incubator, and we're we're rocking and rolling. Um, so in, with the topic of geckos, and that's what we're going to do tonight, it's all about leopard geckos, guys. Uh, I want to let, let everybody know, if you're listening to this show for the first time or you just found the show or you're just now getting involved in leopard geckos or any geckos, or any reptile, for that matter, you're going to want to check out the place to go for people like us that love these animals. And that is... Did you know that since 2006, there's been a treasure trove of history and information on leopard geckos and other species? Well, Gecko Forums is the most extensive database of leopard gecko history on the web right now. Take a look and delve into the past, present, and future of this great community. The biggest contributors, breeders, and hobbyists have left their mark there. Now it's your turn. Look, learn, and post away. Need a place to post animals for sale? Look no further. Visit geckoforums.net and become a member today. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forums. That's right, everybody. We are super proud. Awesome forum. And uh, just, just, just so happy to be a part of it. And uh, also, if you guys like Reptile Radio, that is, you know, diverse. I mean, we're pretty diverse here. But my inspiration for radio and just another terrific show that's been going strong for over two years now is Herpentine Radio. you got to go check out Herpentine on Block Talk. It's run by Justin and JD, and they do a terrific job. In fact, they just had Marty Stauffer on uh, from Wild America. I grew up watching Marty Stauffer, and uh, it's just a great show. Definitely check it out, guys. Um, all right, I'm going to go ahead and bring on our guest, Miss Marsha McGinnis. Marsha, you're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Well, hello, Gekkonians. Thanks for having <laughs> me on, David. It's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you for coming in on a pinch tonight. I was I was a little worried I wasn't going to be able to make a great show, but when you come on, it's always an awesome show. Oh, you're too nice. Well, I was kind of uh, hesitant to uh, make a deep commitment because I am up at my home in Mariposa, and uh, phone service up here is quite sketchy, and I've been walking around so I can get uh, better than one bar. Um, I'm not on my cell phone, but it's a mobile, it's a, or it's a landline, but it's hooked up to a modem, and uh, so I'm flashing between one and two bars, so I'm hoping um, everybody can hear me. And we can just have a great time tonight. Flashing between one and two bars—that's that's interesting. Um, so. <laughs> you know, I have five acres out here, and so I mean, I suppose I could go for a hike or something and find a place where I got two or three bars. But uh, nah. Well, that's how I was. 
I was going to try to find a joke to be made in there. I just couldn't couldn't come up with it fast enough. Um, <laughs> but that's cool. I, should, I can hear you. I can hear you perfectly, Marcia. Um, I, you know, I I noticed that the mean old gecko lady struck again and let out another one of those giant geckos, and it terrorized San Francisco. I posted the video. Yeah. And you what know, happened she. There? I don't know. I I really don't. She she kind of. Well, you know, I haven't been real active online uh, lately, and she mm-hmm. kind of settles down. But, boy, as soon as the word comes out that I'm around, she has to make sure that she um, <laughs> makes a scene, as usual. Oh, man. Do they wind up rallying up that gecko and get it, getting, it back in the, getting it back in its cage or what? You know, I, I, I got out of town. Oh, you just left? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I got out of town when that was going down. So I, I just thought, you know what? To heck with this business. I'm going up to the Sierras for a week, and I'm not going to just. I'm not going to pay attention to it. And since we don't have the news up here or anything, I don't know what's happened. Who knows? The city could be leveled by now, as far as I know. Well, well, why don't we find out? We're going to go ahead and bring on our our news anchor, and uh, Steve will be able to tell us what's going on yeah, I'm looking, out there. Looking forward to it. Good evening, Gekonians. Hey, Steve. How are you? How's it going? Hey, Steve. Going good. Good. Hi, Marcia. How's it going, Steve? Pretty good. Good. Glad I, to hear I, it. I finally got my first clutch of leopard gecko eggs this weekend for this well, season. Well, good for you. Yeah. And you and you hatched your first clutch of uh, milii babies too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that uh, they're so cute. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that that was enough to hook me for sure. <laughs> yeah, those little those little bug eyes, those those pretty little doe looking eyes, and those they're just so little. They're just miniature little versions of their parents. They're so darling. Oh yeah, they are. He thinks he's a big did, guy though. <laughs> did those uh, second clutch uh, do good for you? Did the did the second clutch uh, of eggs uh, is, are they are they good? They, yeah, they look good. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait. Hey, Marsh, how many eggs are those guys uh, good for in the season? Well, you know, if you keep them, if you keep the males and the male and the females together uh, full time, they're very, very prolific. Um, mm. They can lay a clutch approximately every twenty-five to thirty days. Uh, wow. Anywhere from anywhere from January all the way through till October, so um, you're looking hmm. at, at a, a good six clutches. Uh, and some I've had some cases with my Melii of you know seven or eight clutches. Seriously, they start looking pretty nice. ratty though, the girls. But uh, they <laughs> you know get a couple good meals and they're back to where they were. So that's all that counts. <laughs> nice, cool. Yeah, they're all they're right, eating good. So. All right, starting out with a horrible story, of course. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention issued a statement. says, as of April 21, 2014, a total of 132 people have been infected with the outbreak strain of Salmonella Cotham have been reported from... 31 states since February 21st, 
58% of the ill persons are children five years of age or younger. 42% of the people have been hospitalized. They're, they traced it back to bearded dragon owners. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Um, it's a lo- very long article, but um, they stress washing your hands, um, you know, with soap and water right after touching any reptiles. But the, the investigation of the outbreak, this is what it says. The traceback investigations conducted by officials in local, state, and federal public health agencies indicate that contact with pet bearded dragons is the likely source of this outbreak of salmonella. Wow. wow. Let me tell you, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if this is just another excuse to try to, you know, chip away at reptile owners' rights or if this is legitimate. Because I remember back when I was a kid, the whole thing with, the dime store, you know, turtles and stuff. Turtles, where, right? You know, yeah, and yeah. you know, it was it was the turtles weren't the cause. I mean, they indirectly they were because people weren't keeping the turtles clean and uh, properly. So of course, salmonella and other bacteria and stuff were building up, and people were getting sick. But um, it's got to be a case of hygiene, and I'm sure. Yeah, you know, that's that's it too. And where, uh, what was it, fifty, fifty eight percent. Are children five years of age and younger? Where are their wow. parents? Yeah. That, Where are their parents, know, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm real strict on my kids for washing their hands, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am, too. I am, too. I have, I have five grandchildren, and, and, and I do shows, too. And, of course, people want to handle um, my geckos. Uh, but I always um, make sure that they've, you know, got the hand sanitizer going, before and yeah. after, um, it's not so much that I'm afraid that um, you know anybody would would get salmonella from uh, from geckos, but it's possible. But more likely, I'm more I'm more afraid of somebody with contaminated hands touching one of my geckos. So it works yeah. you know, both ways. You, you just you just have to you just have to be fastidious about that. But what really surprises me is that I don't think bearded dragons are really uh, that prone to carry salmonella, although I think all reptiles do. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I, I mean, I don't know all the strains of salmonella or a whole lot about it, other than uh, I know that turtles and other um, aquatic type reptiles, uh, which uh, would also include uh, iguanas and some, um, you, you know, some of those types of reptiles are more prone to uh, harbor it than than uh, leopard geckos are, and since since uh, beardies are kept at such higher at higher temperatures and um, fairly dry, the only thing I could think of would be you know the salad eaters, and, and perhaps there was something you know that caused the um, salmonella bacteria to start you know multiplying at a at a you know at a uh, from a subclinical level to a clinical level. That's the first thing that yeah. popped into my head, but that doesn't mean anything. Well, I just hope that everybody uh, can pull through from this, especially these young children and people with um, co- uh, compromised immune systems. Yeah, I, 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 I agree, and I, I think it's just, you know, I think it's not 
cleaning the enclosures is probably the biggest well, thing yeah. leading husbandry, to it. Husbandry issues, yeah. 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 I just got a I just got a text from uh from Chrissy from or John from Loki Reptiles and they said that any animal that comes in contact with its own feces can carry salmonella. Any animal. Wow. So that's and and that's what I've heard too that so obviously mm-hmm. it's got to be a case of cleanliness where these animals are coming in their, their cages aren't clean and you know the kids are handling dirty dragons or whatever and they're getting sick. I mean this could happen with yeah. pretty much any animal, and it's a shame that sure. you know this is happening with the dragons now. But you know, people clean your cages. That's it. That's it. Simple as that. And uh, yeah, Jeff Scott just said in the in the chat room, you know how much chicken in the it, they did a study recently about chicken in in the supermarkets, and like I think it was over ninety percent of it was contaminated, and we buy it every day, and it's like they actually did the testing on this stuff, and it's so gross. I mean, you really got to cook this food. How can say once it's cooked? Once it's cooked, it's okay. It's the it's the unsafe handling of you know poultry products and and I mean, folks, wash your hands, wash your poultry um, before you you know before and after you cut it up if you're going to cut it up. I mean, wash your salad. You know, I don't care if it says already washed in the bag. Wash it. Yeah. So yeah, that's a shame. Let's let's yeah, just hope yeah. it's not a, a, a if it's uh, let's hope it's not an effort to uh, sabotage the the um, right. reptile community. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's go to you guys. Remember the Gaboon Viper that's supposedly uh-huh. loose in South Carolina. Tell oh. me it's bull BS. Okay. This this article is suggesting. Chances are the gaboon that ate Mount Pleasant is just a myth or at least a false alarm. Um, The truth could be that someone with a gaboon for a pet threw away the skin and it just blew out of the trash. Didn't I call it? I called that when you first told us the story on the air. I called it. They were probably listening to Gecko Nation Radio. And now they've added that to the story. Right, Steve? Yeah, probably. Yep. If you guys don't believe me, go back and listen to it three weeks ago, and you'll hear me call it. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's head to Canada. In Toronto, a woman had quite a scare early in the morning when she discovered a snake wiggling around in her bathroom. At around 3 a.m., the woman encountered what appeared to be what appeared to be a ball python in her bathroom of her fifth-floor apartment. The woman says she does not own any snakes, and po- police believe it may have been in the building's drainage system and come up and into her bathroom, or may have come through the wall from another unit. Police retrieved the snake, and it is now in the care of Toronto Animal Services. So another oh, uh, another <laughs> snake in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. <laughs> yeah. The only snake that's in, in the... my bathroom. Go ahead. I'm Mark. sorry. The... No, no, I was going to say the ahead. only snakes that have been in my bathroom are the kind that you run down the you know drains to clean them out. <laughs> 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 Some kind with a hand crank on them, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't uh, they didn't let it go 
uh, nearby the facility because it must have come from the native wildlife area, right, Steve? Yeah, probably. It was that one that they let go a while back. <laughs> mm. Well, maybe it was rabbit and had babies. And, and I can't imagine a, a, an adult ball, ball python crawling through, you know, small drain openings. Um, they get pretty chubby, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Especially the fifth <laughs> floor. He had a, quite a crawl to get up there. Somebody's, it must have been somebody's pet that got out. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right, so now we're going to head to Hawaii. A live snake was discovered and captured Thursday afternoon at a store on the Hawaii island, according to the Hawaii Department of Agriculture. Ace hardware workers say they were offloading fertilizer from a 40-foot shipping container from California, when one of the pallets collapsed, they spotted a two-foot-long brown snake as they sorted through the mess. The manager was there and told, and the manager said, look at this, it's a snake. Another associate took a two-by-four and hit it in the head. Because, mm. And he said, because if we didn't find it, we don't know if it could be a female. It could probably make babies and our whole warehouse could have been filled with snakes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the snake, Jesus. which has been identified as a non-venomous gopher snake, was shipped to, to Honolulu Friday morning. Snakes are illegal in Hawaii. Snakes have no natural pre- predators in Hawaii and pose a serious threat to Hawaii, the, the Hawaii environment. Well, I disagree that they don't have any natural natural predators there. They have Hawaii. In order to get rid of their snake problem, many many years ago, uh, imported uh, mongoose or uh, the mongoose, which is in the yeah. uh, weasel family. Yeah. And they they eat snakes, uh, and the island is covered with them because they are rodents, and they are you know they they multiply very rapidly. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Mongoose are primarily nocturnal, and most of the snakes that they had in, in the islands were diurnal. So it kind of backfired on them. And now there may be no snakes in Hawaii, but all the islands are overrun with mongoose. <laughs> Jesus. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah. I was, you know, you know. Speaking of snakes from California, um, has anybody seen any rubber boas around? I, I haven't seen them in so long. I, I, I haven't. haven't, but I haven't no. been. I haven't been field herping for a while. No, oh, those are so cool. You don't see them as much anymore. No. Yeah, I haven't. No, I don't seen think them. I've ever seen them. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right, Steve? Yeah. 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 I. I haven't seen them in probably years now. Several yeah, me years. Too. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to try to find some. Yeah. Yeah. Time, time to bring them back, huh? Yeah. I see lots very of common. rubber at shows, but they're really made out of rubber, so I don't know. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> cool. Well, we had that story last week where the the twins there uh, stopped the carjacker with a rubber snake. (laughs) 
That was cool. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to head to our, our next two horrible stories. <laughs> In Atlanta, Georgia, a resident, John Walter, is facing animal neglect charges after neighbors reported filthy living conditions and over 200 reptiles, all non-venomous snakes, lizards, and turtles were seized from the residents by the Atlanta Humane Society. Mr. Walter is facing neglect and pending further investigation, animal cruelty, that could result in up to $15,000 in fines and or up to five years in prison. Whoa. Jeez. Well, you know what yeah. this is a case of? This is a case of somebody seeing dollar signs and thinking, it's, oh, I could just buy these snakes and breed them, and it's going to be easy for me to make money. And then he found out that, oh, it's really not so easy taking care of all these animals. And, you know, they probably got neglected, and obviously they did. And, and yep. here it is. And now it's another person making us all look bad. So, yeah. Kind of like beard, kind of like beardy keepers that don't uh, bother to clean their cages, huh? Well, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's too bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And our last horrible story for the night is as many as 30,000 snakes, iguanas, lizards, and turtles perished as a blaze ripped through a warehouse in a town in the south of France. It is not clear how the fire started. The warehouse alone, yeah, 30,000. Think about that. That is a lot of animals. Jeez. Uh, The warehouse belonged to the company Savannah, one of the main wholesalers of reptiles and turtles in France. Only a few turtles were said to have have survived the inferno, Authorities are still investigating the cause of the blaze and have not ruled out arson. Arson? Whoa. Arson. Yeah. That's horrible. Well, you, would think, you, would, you would think at a facility that housed that many animals that it would, you know, you, you would think it would be some kind of an electrical uh, fire, uh, something that didn't function properly or whatever, but arson. That's, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's not that out of the realm of possibility. I mean, people you know, a lot of money on insurance claims, and you know, I question as an insurance fraud investigator. Um, yeah, I'm sure they, I'm uh, sure they've got them on it. Yep, and I, uh, I yep. question a lot of these, these claims that I've heard about in the past, and these things that come up, and you never know. I mean, you know, when the, when there's that much money at stake and involved, and if the facility burns down and they stand a chance to uh, to acquire, you know, a settlement of several million dollars in a downed economy. Um, you know, the, the animals' lives really don't mean too much to those kind of businesses. So that, that's you know, a fact. Yeah. So that's yeah. where it is, yeah. So, you know, hmm. don't even get me started on that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> All right. So let's run through the recap. And for some reason... Um, I can't see the uh, the chat room on my computer. I don't I don't know. It was messing up on me earlier. Please, please uh, page. You'll have to. <laughs> yeah, it keeps it keeps trying to play the play the show while I'm 
on the show, so it messes it all up. So I can't hear yeah, what's geez. going on. So you'll have to tell me who guesses, Dave. <laughs> okay. Wait, oh, what do you mean? Uh, wait, I don't the understand. What do you mean? You're not going to be able to hear it? Well, yeah, but... Yeah. You, mean, you mean one of the stories is false and, and somebody gets to guess? Right. One of the oh, okay. Okay, I'm following you now. I can't see in the chat room who, what they're guessing, so... Oh, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say what they're saying. So are you going to run them down again for us real quick? Yep, here's yep. the recap. Multi-state... We call that, uh, we call that the ADD recap. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, multi-state outbreak of salmonella. Deadly Gaboon Viper could be a fish story. Woman finds ball python in bathroom. Gopher snake found and killed in Hawaii. Atlanta man charged with neglect and or cruelty. 30,000 reptiles perish in fire. That's the recap. Hmm. All right. Now, you go, you go first, say, Dave. I, no, well, I'm going to say this. You know, Steve, these horrible stories, Steve rarely, I don't, he never jokes about the horrible ones. So, you know, unfortunately, those are likely true. Uh, I'm, Marcia, you know what? I always do ladies first, so, you know, you, you can go first. Well, right. okay, since since the only thing that, that posed a question mark for me was the ball python in the bathroom story, um, I, I'm going to I'm gonna call that one as false. Okay. All right, I'm looking in the chat room. Let's see. Chad says the, whole, the gopher snake in Hawaii. So does Sean from Heavy Duty. He says gopher snake. Airway Gecko says the gopher snake. Um, yeah, it's pretty much gopher snake is what they're saying. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe I'm going to say that the update on the um, the Gaboon Viper is false because I think Steve is trying to, to play me, you know, play me out <laughs> a little bit here. <laughs> he knows he knows how I feel about that story, so I think he's trying to trying to trying to trick me because he's the trickster. So uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve. What's the what's the false story? Let's. Okay, I tricked you in another way. I did a horrible story for the false story. The Atlanta man charged with neglect is false. Oh, well, I'm glad wow. the false story then. <laughs> Epic fail on everybody's part, yeah. Well, you good. Convinced, you, convinced, you were very good at convincing us. You must be, uh, you must be practicing in front of the mirror or something. Yeah. Well, you know, well, we're, getting, we're getting so used to seeing these stories, so it's like, all right, here goes another one, you know? Yeah. Wow. Well, well, I have some news, or I just, um, I don't know if everybody knows about it or not, or if it's old news, but um, is it okay if I, if I throw, it, throw it out there? Of course. Yeah. So, Ron Trimper got married? Indeed he did, and he didn't marry the mean old gecko lady. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't think so. Um, so, that's, a, that's an interesting story. Quite frankly, I didn't realized that Marilyn and he were, were no longer married for whatever reason it is, but uh, we sure wish him all the happiness in the world. Are you jealous that, you know, he didn't, you know, try to pursue you in any way? Or No, I'm already happily married for so many years it wouldn't even matter, but um, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if, the, if the mean old, old gecko lady wasn't uh, pretty bunched up over it because she has kind of a, uh, a crush on him. I heard the show where she... I heard the show where she called in and and uh, told him that he was quite handsome, and she 
was actually mm-hmm. giggling. So that's pretty uh, <laughs> unusual for her. So I but guess she couldn't. Ron she couldn't. Uh, she couldn't pronounce his name right, though, Marcia. Well, I'm sure she. Well, I, I wish she would not pronounce my name correctly, so nobody would. I wouldn't be implicated in anything she says or does. <laughs> Well, he happened to to marry a, a very lovely uh, French woman named uh, Helene, and uh, yeah. he's, they've been posting well, she, pictures she was, on Facebook. Yeah, she was she was out at his facility for quite some time, uh, working with him. Um, and she's, uh, from what I understand, she's just just a delightful person. So, mm-hmm. and they seem to share the same love for reptiles, and uh, I just uh, I think that's wonderful. Congratulations, that's what Ron I want. and Helene. I'm jealous, not of, not of, you know, I'm jealous that I can't find a woman that loves reptiles as much as I do. And, you know, I hope I do someday, you know. Well, I, I haven't found a husband that loves reptiles as much as I do, and it seems to work out okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. I need somebody that will help me clean the toes, basically, is what I'm trying to say. There you go. You need some... Well, the thing you need... What you need is a bunch of... A woman with a bunch of kids for slave labor. No, no. I don't want to deal with... I, I, I really don't feel like raising a bunch of kids right now. I want to just focus on the geckos. Yeah. 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 I've been there, John, that. Don't want to do it again. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm hearing a special tune coming, and that is... Right here. And now, a moment in Herp history. All right, on May 10th, 1988, the article title was In Lizards, Eggs Heat Linked to Behavior. So, zoologists have known for several years that the sex of certain reptiles is determined by the temperature at which they are incubated in it, in the eggs, which you guys know that. In this study, right. the researchers found something else. They incubated eggs anywhere from 79 degrees to, to 90 degrees, and majority of the geckos incubated at 79 were female. Majority incubated at 90 were male. They also found out that the few females that hatch from eggs incubated at the higher temperatures, they're calling hot females, behaved as if they were males when they reached maturity. Physiologically female in all respects, the hot females nonetheless courted cold females rather than males, and they consistently repelled the advances of true males. During a two-year study period, none of the hot females mated or laid eggs. Temperatures also seem to affect the aggressiveness of geckos, both male and female. Interesting. Yeah, May 10th, 1988. Have you guys noticed any of that at all? Well, I'm going to butt in here. <laughs> Jumping right in, Marcia. Um, those studies uh, have been were performed by David Cruz Labs um, many, yep. many years ago. And at first he was doing, uh, he discovered the temperature sex determination aspect of it kind of on accident because what he was trying to do uh, back in those days was to to prove that uh, higher temperature incubated animals, or, or in, in this case leopard geckos, 
yep. uh, had less dark uh, melanin, were less pigmented than the higher temperature one, one, ones were. And through those studies, he came up with the theory of the hot female uh, and, and the, cold, or the cool male. In other words, a male that was a result of low incubation temperatures, uh, didn't have a whole lot of um, uh, reproductive drive or anything. But uh, mm-hmm. several years later, and I wish I was in front of my computer right now because I could look up the dates and tell you things, but, uh, you know, those uh, experiments were were, re- were redone or, uh, to try to make sure that there was reproducible results. And years later, uh, the, hot, the hot female theory got kind of debunked. And the reason it got debunked was that that uh, the females that were uh, hatched uh, at high temperature incubation didn't mm-hmm. even start ovulating until their second year. So that could uh-huh. explain, that could definitely explain the lack of being receptive to male advances for, um, for uh, copulation because they, they weren't even ovulating, and if a female is, leopard gecko is not ovulating, she, was, she doesn't want anything to do with a male. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, so the hot female theory was debunked, and they came out with another great big long report uh, on their findings, and um, and and realized that the that the hot females that they thought were um, would not breed or anything. It just was a fact that because of the high temperature, um, that they they're um, since since they're not the sex of a leopard gecko is not determined at uh, conception like most other animals, um, when they reach a certain point in their development in the egg, at whatever temperature they are in the first, say, 25 days, usually it's 21 to 25 days, uh, releases either male hormones or female hormones, which bathe the uh, zygote, or at that point, the, you know, it's, it's an embryonic state, um, and that's what causes them to, you know, um, have, you know, male or female gender. Uh, but it is true, and I, I can vouch for this. Um, and I have talked with David Cruz recently, like in the last year or so. I had a Murphy pattern with female that, that uh, uh, was a, a result of being, uh, basically she came out of my uh, male incubator, and I incubated my males for 88 to 89 degrees. And the first year, I mean, she, she, didn't, she didn't even ovulate until her second year. She did and produced beautiful babies for two years. The, thir- the, the year after that, she would not breed at all. And then the year after that, we're talking, you know, a four, almost five-year-old female. Uh, I put her in with the male, and all they did was fight. Well, guess what? You're all going to say I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. Uh, she, I looked and I saw pores and hemipenile bulges on her. I popped wow. her. I popped her, and she had hemipenes. Wow. So I spoke with a couple of other breeders, very well-known breeders, and said, am I crazy? And one of them was Ron Trimper. 
And Ron said, no, I think I don't think you're crazy. I just think you're losing your mind. That's all. He was just teasing <laughs> me, you know, of course. But um, I did talk to another extremely well-known breeder who, who says that that has happened to him twice over the years, and he never said anything about it because he figured people would tell him he was, he'd lost his mind. And I said, well, I don't care if people tell me I've lost my mind because it's a fact. But anyway, I know that this female... <laughs> turned into a male. This female who had produced, um, you know, eggs for me, developed male genitalia. That's Although, crazy. He's right. Huh? I believe it. I believe it, though. Yeah, no, no. It, it's, this, is, uh, this, is the, this is the God's honest truth. And I, and I contacted David Cruz Labs. Uh, just, you know, and, and he completely validated everything that happened with this one particular gecko, and we got in this wonderful discussion and email, <laughs> strings of emails back and forth uh, that tie, tie into his studies about behavior and incubation temperature. So, but here's, here's, here's my question, just for thought. Let's just say that if by virtue of incubation temperature, that, that that was a, you know, a major contributor towards uh, leopard gecko behavior, uh, wouldn't it be the case that males would be generally much more aggressive than females? You would think. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, um, he's, he's probably referring to reproductive behavior more than, you know, uh, temperament or... Uh, you know, disposition or anything. So that's probably what he's re- referring to. But again, if if that was the case, in, all males would be much more aggressive than than females. And I have some males that get their butts kicked by the females on a regular basis if they're not receptive to his advances, and they go slink off and hide. Well, you know, yeah, I think there's so that's also not, something else. Well, hold on, Marcia. Marcia, just to answer that about, you know, aggressive females. And, you know, people can say I'm crazy for saying this, but this is being scientifically proven today. Um, in our water supply and in our food, we have these these chemicals and pesticides and stuff that mimic hormones. Uh, in, in with women and in, with, in men, a lot of these chemicals get converted into estrogen-mimicking hormones. And that's why... A lot of men are very uh, subdued today, they say, and they're not, you know, you don't see, like, real tough guys anymore, so to speak, like, like uh, in the old days. I always, and, thought, I always thought that was because women were beating them down so bad. Well, <laughs> the reason why, well, that too, but the reason why is the women are getting this same influx of excess estrogen-mimicking uh, compounds, and uh, it, it's, it's absolutely true. You don't have to believe it, but it's still true. No, but no, I, I think there may, be very, there may be something to that, for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, myself, I have, a, I have a rare... Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry, David, I'm just blabbing away, sorry. No, I was done, go ahead, jump in, go ahead. No, I mean, I have a rare autoimmune disease that uh, is uh, probably uh, attributed to um, overexposure to harmful chemicals over the years. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, um, at my age, I haven't had any... I don't, I don't have any hormones anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
Everybody does. <laughs> I don't have no. I have no hormones at all. <laughs> So, All right. Well, we're going to so anyway, move the conversation along a little too bit. Much uh, we got a lot of <laughs> we got a lot of callers building up in the group, and I want to get to everybody's questions tonight. So, uh, uh, so Steve, before we let you go, uh, tell us a little bit uh, quick what's going on with your uh, with your stuff. I just got Thursday's a pair of spotted pythons from Jeremy Turgeon, and they oh yeah, that's are, right, nice. yeah, they're awesome. I love them. I haven't I haven't shot a video yet. I was going to shoot an unboxing, but it was kind of hard to unbox and and shoot, so I didn't get that done. But, <laughs> well, show uh, them off in the group soon. But uh, all all the all the geckos are ovulating or already ovulated. I mean, I think I'm going to get slammed with eggs. Oh hell yeah! Everybody's just looks like they're all going at the same time. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. So well, I'm, we'll have I'm to find that. an initiation for you into the uh, into the club because, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's on his way, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. I can't wait. Absolutely, yeah. Good. All right, well, give us some updated picks in the group when you get a chance. All right, cool. All right, awesome. All right, Steve, thank you very much for the news. Give out your information so our uh, our listeners can find you out there. Check me out on Facebook and YouTube under BC Barker Creations. All right. And we will see Great. you next week and try to find us some good happy news stories for next week. How's that sound? I'll try. You guys I can't wait till one of your new, I can't wait till one of your news stories is that Marsha McGinnis is retired completely. But, uh, no, but anyway. Never, never. All right. Never, Thanks a lot, that. Steve. It's always Thank great you. to hear what you what what you come up with and you're pretty awesome, I think. Thank Thanks. you. That's right. All right, Steve. Later, bud. I'll see ya. Hey, Marsha, I'm not going to allow a story like that on my radio show about you retiring, just so you know. What? It's not going to happen. You're going to disallow it? I won't allow it because I'm not allowing you to retire. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. There's, you there's, know what, David? I don't. You can you can get the girl out of the gecko, but you can't get the geckos out of the girl. It's like uh, that's I, right. Yeah, I'll I no, I'll always have them. I've already dissolved my business, though. Yes, I know. I want to thank you though for the little wheeler I mail. He's great. I love him. great little gecko. He's pretty cute, huh? Yeah, he's got a lot of personality too. He, um, he does, and he's actually quite tame. He'll bark at you and growl at you at first when you pick him up, but after that, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, no, it's cool. I'm glad I, glad I was able to grab him from you. All right, let's uh-huh. go ahead. Me uh, too. Yeah, we got some callers in the line, some for a while now. Um, I'm going to start taking calls cool. uh, by the order that they've been on. Some have been on for up to 40 minutes now. So, uh, again, everybody, the call-in number is 646-478-5331. And tonight uh, you can ask your gecko questions. And uh, I think we'll do something special for the callers like usual. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, do the same raffle that we normally do. I'll keep track of people who call in. I think what I'm going to give you guys tonight for, uh, for the winner of the raffle are uh, the uh, Escape Crew Feed Bowls. i got a whole bunch. I just got a case of them in. So uh, whoever wins the raffle will get five of the smalls and five of the larges. Of the escape uh, feeder bowls. How's that sound? Very cool. I think everybody will like that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a cool prize. All right. 
All right, caller from, let's see, longest person. Oh, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> All right, caller from the uh, uh, 816 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Caller, are you there? Is that me? That's you, caller. Oh, I was just calling to listen. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll let you go then. All right, let's say caller from the um, 530 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Is this the pick a, Get a Date with Dave show? It is, yes. Everybody calls in and gets a chance to, uh, to go on a date with me. I want a date with Dave. Oh. <laughs> I know that boy. Stand in line. Stand in line. I had to. Sorry. Sorry, ladies only for the. We got to be. <laughs> uh, hi, Marcia. How are you? Good. Oh, How are you? Doing good. Got lots of lots of eggs cooking. I um I, I need to send you a picture of a, a rainwater that I hatched from your um your bulb stripe stuff that I got. Oh I my know, goodness! Please. Twenty do. years ago or whatever. Yeah, it's no, looking good. Twenty years ago. <laughs> no, it's only I don't know two three years ago whenever it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, kind of keeping that yeah, one going. Yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see him. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep forgetting to to send it to you. Send you a picture. But I have I have a whole bunch more eggs going from them. Good. Good. Gave them, you did a, gave you them did a, a great job year. with those rainwaters, uh, Marsha. Those are beautiful. Yeah. Oh, they just keep getting better and better. I don't know if any of you, I'm, I'm tooting my own horn here, saw on my uh, uh, Golden Gate Gecko's uh, Facebook page or not, the mail that I just posted up. He's uh, he's just at the 40-gram range now. He is spectacular. He is fully oh, yeah, striped, and then he's got the most amazing orange on either side of his bold stripe, and, and he's going to stay nice and bold, too, and he's just as sweet as they come. So um, cool. I was considering selling my uh, rainwater, pro- the whole project, but um, I'm keeping him. <laughs> well, great. Good. I can't wait to see the pictures. we got to have somebody yeah. carry on this thing, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, you, you posted a graft of... Um the Bold Stripe project, I don't know, a while ago. And that yeah, was kind of yeah, cool the, how it, it, pro- like the, it progressed. Uh, the evolution of the Bold Stripe? Yeah, no, that was, that's really neat. So I'm, I'm kind of carrying that project on a little bit. Wonderful. And I, mixed, and I mixed some of them into something else I got going too, but i got to oh, keep that great. one going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I'll put something together um, on the rainwaters too where I started uh, and um, – and kind of where we're at now, um, yeah, I'll do that. I, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it, I can go blah, blah, blah. I can do that all day long. Everybody knows that. But, um, <laughs> a, picture's worth, but a picture's worth a thousand words, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. That's, that's why I got to, I, I got one that hatched from that so far, and I got a bunch more to do. Good. So, yeah, I'm so I'll have to, to keep you it. updated. I'll have Good. to keep you updated. Quit hoarding all my pictures. <laughs> I haven't taken oh, that okay. many this year. I'm a whole picture hoarder too, but uh, yeah, I don't 
I don't like to put them up because everybody wants to buy them. <laughs> you're afraid of, you're what? You're afraid somebody will buy them? <laughs> everybody wants to buy them when I put them up. No, these ones are uh, kind of no, keeping the are, stock. No, these are the ones that I'm just showing off. They're not for sale. <laughs> yeah. I always yeah. have to put that on there, the big NF, NFS. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, that's, a, that's a compliment. You have yeah, some you amazing have animals. You line of sunglasses, Marcia. Your sunglasses are incredible. I'm looking at them right now. They're oh, so nice. thank you. Thank you. I'm pretty yeah. proud of them, too. Yeah, they're they're doing good, too. I like those. I, just, I didn't get none of those from you, but... Uh, well, there, there, it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of them this year. So um, yeah, no, I know we'll a couple people are see. couple people are keeping keeping those going. I yeah. Oh, yeah. People. That was that was my intention. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I I didn't really have a question. I was just calling in to listen, but um, oh, Dave always okay. picks it up. It's easier. I can oh, I can like go go back and forth between the gecko room and the computer and <laughs> <laughs> if I'm on the phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. But, well, yeah. like, just so everybody knows, if you want to listen to the show and not be called in the, put in the call queue, don't press 1. Just call the number and you can listen. If you press 1 yeah. when it asks you like to be put in the call queue, it puts you in there. But you, all you got to do is call the number and you can listen in. So if yeah, you're, on, if you're in the call queue, I'm bringing you on. That's it. You guys know it. So. It's no, I'll, I'll talk all day. You know me. <laughs> I know. I like that. I'll, I'll make right. stuff well, up if I have a... to. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to get the other. we got to get everybody else in. So. Um, thanks, I, Jeff, I hear you. for calling. Uh-huh, thank you. Thanks for right. calling in. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Let's grab another call here. Caller from the... Um... All right. Caller... Oh, wow. we got so many. Um... I think this is, jeez. All right, caller from the um, 347 area code, live on Gecko Nation Radio. Caller, you there? Hello, 347. Just not there. Okay. Caller from, let's see, 40, actually, Caller from the 401 area. No, we just did that. Caller from, jeez, uh, 360 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hey, Dave. Uh, uh, good to hear your show, buddy. Who's this? Uh, this is Justin calling uh, from Seattle area. And I just had a, a question for you and Marsha. Um, do you guys, Sorry, Justin. Have you got... Have you guys heard of any kind of um, morphs or anything that um, I've been looking at the ball, the ball pythons, and um, a lot of those get better color with um, with age. I was wondering if you guys have been experimenting or found any morphs that in the in the Leo world that do that. Hmm. Good question. Yeah, I'll let you go ahead and you take it first, Marsha. Well, I can honestly say that uh, my Suncol line gets better with age. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, when they, when they look, they, sometimes they don't develop their full color until they're four to six months old. Um, and one of the things that we had a problem with in the past, especially with carrot tails, tangerine carrot tails, is uh, especially with females, is after breeding and laying egg laying and whatnot, they kind of, you know, the saturation of their orange coloration just kind of, you know, goes down a couple notches, and they can actually lose a little bit of their carrot tail. 
And from what I'm seeing from mine, as well as a lot of people who have uh, Golden Gate Gecko Sun Glows, uh, they don't they don't do that. And so no, that, I can that's wonderful. And so there are uh, the other thing too would be, of course, I'm partial to Murphy Patternless. When they're babies, they're kind of brownish and tan colored, kind of mottled looking, they're like a modeling on them. They're, they they um, they're not very pretty when they first come out, but as they mature, uh, they just get better and better. Their color gets better and better. And then my line, of course, has a lot of. Um, uh, orange at the base of the tail. Uh, they're not carrot tails because uh, they've never been crossed with carrot tails, so they're not really a true carrot tail, but they get better and better as they mature. And I'm trying uh, to think yeah. of a few other morphs. So how about you, Dave? Can anything yeah. come up in your mind? Yeah, well, actually, I think, uh, Justin, let me ask you, are you, are you basing it in the sense where, uh, you know, like ball pythons like, tend to look great as babies and then they just all fade out as adults? And then, well, are you thinking that that the leopard geckos are doing that too, or? Yeah, I just I just noticed like um, just li- um, I, I watch a lot of uh, your years and Matt's shows on um, YouTube, and I I noticed after like uh, Marsha was saying after they've um, had a few clutches and um, right as the age goes on, they kind of their their color kind of fades out a little bit. Um, well, that yeah, and then just, yeah, that's gonna happen. Yeah, it's just good. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering. Also, I had uh, it's kind of a two-part question to that. Um, another for kind of us new people is: Have you guys noticed uh, male or female or any different style of morphs that are more docile than any others um, for like the beginner or someone that <clears throat> really wants the 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 pet mm-hmm. end of it as far as holding them and um, you know just just um, the handling part of it? Have you guys noticed any? Any difference in in any of them? Where you know anybody that that wants to 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 hold their animals more, they're not as flighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, well, you don't, don't, don't get anything from don't get anything from Marsha's Blizzard line because they're all crazy. <laughs> 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 they really are nuts. They're they're little. Oh, little they're, they are just cranky. <laughs> they yeah. are cranky from babies. Yes, they're cranky. Um, you know, you know. Let me tell you. I think it's it, the personality can. I, it's not something that I've in, except with the exception of her blizzards. It's definitely genetic in that case, where most of them, it's like almost all of them, come out with that attitude. But um, as far as you know, other morphs, in my opinion, from from my experience, uh, if you can handle them regularly and they can associate with you, and you know they're not exposed to stress when you're around them, most of them can be tamed, and most of them can really. Mm-hmm. Uh, become, you know, quite as quite uh, used to you, and uh, yeah. never really bite. And so I wouldn't say that there's any particular morph or or, or type that would be better or or worse. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Marcia? I uh, no, I agree. I I think just like any other living creature, um, it a lot of times their demeanor or their personality or their level of you know chill, if you will. Uh, has to do with each individual animal. I mean, everybody, all of them have their own distinct character and personality. But mm-hmm. I agree with David that um, from early on, um, they will learn not only who you are, they'll recognize who you are, they'll recognize your voice. 
And there are some tricks that you can do to calm down a, a gecko that's, you know, um, a little on the on the skittish side. Uh, but but let's go back to your original question: Are there any morphs? Now, the only two uh, subspecies or species, subspecies that I work with are uh, E. fasciolatus and the Afghanicus. Now, the Afghanicus are very, very calm compared mm-hmm. to, to the Fasciolatus. Although the Fasciolatus aren't evil, they won't bite or anything, but they're quite vocal. Yeah. Uh, they, will, they will squiggle and, you know, squawk at you and everything when you go to pick them up. Um, mm-hmm. They tense up, they they, they, tense up when, they, when you pick them up. They do, yeah. But they're not, I wouldn't call them aggressive. I think they're just a little more skittish and they're a lot more vocal about it than others. The other thing is yeah. that I have a few giants, um, Trimper, uh, uh, I, have a, uh, I have a giant uh, uh, Max Snow Trimper, uh, rap, or excuse me, Max Snow Raptor. And all mm-hmm. my experience with the giants are that they're just really docile. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's because they're such big lugs or what, but uh, but I have all. I mean, I've had all kinds of morphs, and you too, Dave. I mean, and I've got some that are like puppy dogs, and some that it would just as soon not be be handled. But um, just one, one of the ways that I I've been able to get geckos to calm down is that when they start getting really, really. Uh, skittish and squirmy, and they want to jump out of your hands. Babies typically will do that. But take them and put them on your chest. Put them on your chest and then cup your hands over them. Like you're not touching them, but you're making like a a safe cave for them. It's dark and they feel safe because they're enclosed, but they're not restrained. And just simply talk to them. Reptiles are extremely sensitive to vibrations, and, and your voice is sends off a huge amount of vibration. Uh, and just talk to them. It doesn't matter what you say, but uh, talk in a soothing voice until they settle down, and they will settle down. And if they start acting like they're too stressed out, put them back. And then yeah. do it again the next day. And eventually... Uh, you can let them crawl up on your shoulder and just let them sit there for a while. Hey, Justin, uh, you got a lot of loud noise in your room? You, are you playing loud music or anything? Or no, like I'm sorry. It's the, it's the birds outside. I'm standing outside. I'll walk in here. Hey, Dave, no, 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 you're probably hearing you're, – I'm outside in the Sierras, and you're probably hearing no, birds, not, crickets, frogs, and no. – no, Justin, I'm not complaining about that. I'm asking you about your room where your gecko is. Oh, he's handling Oh, oh. No, no, no. Um, no, I was just um, I that like Marcia was saying. I've got the younger ones, and um, they are just a little more skittish, and like she says, just handling gently and stuff like that. That it makes sense about it. I just uh, I didn't know if she'd come. You guys had come across any like um, you know, just more more handling. But one last question. Mm-hmm. I know you got other callers coming on. Um, why okay. isn't there? Why isn't there like a a standard like a like how dogs have AKC where somebody doesn't have to go and prove what like a morph is oh, or something like boy. that. How come there isn't uh, something like how come <laughs> you guys like the leader you Ron Steve like Marsha? How come there isn't some sort of 
standard that someone, like, it hasn't been brought up yet where there's buyers, consumers can buy something in confidence with papers that say, you know, this is a, a pure rainwater, not for nothing, with papers that, right. is there, has there ever yeah. been anything that before? All right. You nothing? know, that's I'm going on my 19th market. year here, and I can say this has been a, a subject um, in the last 10 years of a very strong, hopeful possibility, but it has never really come to fruition. And I think now, that Marcia, the major Marcia, reason... hold on one second. Marcia, let's, let's, let's yeah. attack this question when we get back from the break. All right? I'm okay. going to take a quick take break. A break. And Sounds yeah, good. Justin, that's an excellent question, and we're going to definitely get to it. Um, we're going to do it after the break. Thank you for calling in. Hey. All right, bud? Thanks. Stay on the line, Justin. All right. right. Hang tight, Marsha. Everybody, we will be right back. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Geckos creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by... Ohio Gecko is famous for amazing tangerines, snows, and other very unique leopard gecko project. Thad also has some incredible fat tail morphs available from stingers to starbursts. Visit him online at ohiogecko.com and at expos in the northeast. He is also the owner of geckoforums.net. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more and all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Supreme Gecko is a great source for crested geckos, day geckos, and other species, including micro geckos. Wally Kern is a top-notch breeder and gecko enthusiast. Visit SupremeGecko.com for his available animals and supplies. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at GeckoBoa.com and on Facebook. Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. Okay, everybody, we are back. I'm bringing Marsha back. And uh, right before the break, Justin called in with a great question about creating some kind of standard for geckos. Let's let's talk about it, Marsha. In theory, it sounds like a great idea, but... I know it's been bounced back and cross, you know, back and forth over the years. What do you think? What I think is, um, and uh, again, what I said earlier before the uh, the break was that um, I think it's a wonderful idea. In theory, um, and I think it's. I think that it is. I think that it would be really beneficial. But some of the problems that we've come up against is, first and foremost, getting all the breeders on the same page and it breaks my heart and frustrates me to think that we can't all agree now there is there is you know a a, uh, 
the Leopard Gecko Wiki at one point was fairly up to date, but that was really good for identifying um, different morphs and not so much guaranteeing their uh, their background. And the bottom line is AKC, uh, the you know uh, the um, uh, I just my brain was a vacuum. You know, uh, you know, pedigreed horses, uh, ca- even cats with pedigrees and stuff. These these are people who breed on a united front. Um, they may be in competition with each other in shows or you know that type of thing, but they're dedicated to the to the purity of the genetics of their animals, and so standards are set uh, that way. We don't, we can't, we can't get anybody on the same page. Um, and well, people that do let me jump in too. Well, now, Marcy, the world of leopard, the world of leopard geckos is only, let's say, at best, thirty-five years old. Okay, these horses, horse communities, and horse uh, uh, organizations, yeah. and do- dogs have been going for what hundreds of years, possibly some of them. Oh yeah, yeah, um, at least yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so they've had a lot of time to work out the bugs and stuff, and you know. To answer, to jump into Justin's question in a little bit more depth, I think that uh, a lot of us breeders are now taking the genetics part so seriously where we're really testing our geckos, we're, we're getting our bloodlines, uh, you know, to the point where we're very confident about them. So, you know, people in the know and people that follow the community and the breeders know where the good geckos are anyway. Right. But to, to have, like, some kind of organized system is it would be great, and it, it, I always, Marsha, when I first started talking with you, I suggested some type of chamber of commerce, so to speak, yeah. where, yeah. you know, and that's what I've always tried to do with Gecko Nation now, and my even on my Facebook page, I have a Goodfellas page, where, you know, and, people... And David, you've, got, you've, done a, an, a, you've done a stellar job of bringing people well, together in this community, yes. And I think, though, you know, when people, when good people can come together and form alliances and also to help each other, and it's not, it's not about the money because, you know, none of us are making a ton of money in this where, you know, no. you know it's, some, it's something that we're going to be able to, you know, get a Ferrari with. But, you know, it's, it's something that some of us can actually get along well enough to help to promote each other in a sense and even just get along as, as colleagues. And that's, that's right. a good thing. And and then mm-hmm. when when those types of people can help promote each other, and that's where the that's where everyone helps each other. And there are people that just can't that don't play nice with others. That's true, um, you know. And that's fine. They you know they may have great geckos. I you know, it, in the in the end it comes down to, you know who who do you feel comfortable with, and um, the transparency of our genetics is is very important. Yeah, yeah. But I can very I can tell you where. Yeah, and I can tell you where everything of mine came from. Marsha can to most of the respectable breeders and this can tell you exactly where their bloodlines are from. And uh, I don't know. You know, it's it's a dream in a sense to be able to have an organization like that. And maybe someday there someday there will be. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, maybe someday. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's not possible. I think it's totally possible. Yeah, I really do. But whoever, David, you're absolutely whoever right. The, now, whoever decides to start something like that, um, without the backing of the community or without, like, the majority vote, so to speak, they're going to have a very difficult time because everybody's going to be like, well, who is this guy, you know, or who is this girl thinking, 
that she's uh, good enough, or why are her animals so special? Or thinks she she thinks she's special enough to start something like that? I can just see the problem starting just just by thinking about it, you know. It's well, like, and that's what's happened. But Justin, not not to not to diminish your question or your your eagerness to um, you know be able to feel secure in your your, your invest purchases and investments in leopard geckos. I think that that's I don't think there's a single person worldwide that works with leopard geckos that wouldn't want to feel secure in their purchases uh, so that they can, you know, make, make uh, educated, you know, choices as far as, you know, their projects and things like that. But it's unfortunate, it is unfortunate that, that as of this time, um, and, and I, I really don't want this to be misunderstood or me to, to think that anybody's be- saying that anybody's better than everybody else, but it doesn't take much for somebody to have a couple of, re- a ge- a couple of leopard geckos and throw up a, a website or a Facebook page, call themselves, you know, blankety-blank geckos, and expect to have instant, uh, you know, credibility. Things yeah. are easily forged. So uh, maybe I'm just jaded because I've been around for so long, and I'm not discouraged because I really do see this as something that down the road, if leopard geckos and their, you know, the morphs and morph combinations um, develop, and I only see it getting better because we finally put the brakes on as far as realizing that we might have been kind of out of control in morph making and could not guarantee the genetics of a lot of the geckos that we have out there. And I wish I had a better answer than to say, well, you just got to know who you're buying from. Uh, if it's somebody that you don't know or you can't easily um, do a, do research on or go back and, and see what their track record is, then you can, you know, you might you might have a question. But then on the on the flip side of that, how do new people get started if they're automatically suspect? So it's a catch twenty two. I mean, if you if you're new to the hobby and you really are dedicated and and have the passion to you know to breed and become uh, you know a credible breeder and you're automatically dismissed because nobody's heard of you, that's, that's not fair either. Um, well, maybe, how maybe all the new... Can... I, I got an Go idea. Ahead, Why don't, how, about, how about all the new breeders that come on the scene, they all have to um, go through a lie detector and a waterboarding session. <laughs> and then, then we'll figure oh, out boy. What, their, what their motives are and make sure that they're good enough to be entered into the community. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Justin? Work. I, just I don't, online I don't think so either, but that's <laughs> but I wish I wish I wish I had an answer for you because um at one time, actually several times I wanted to form uh, a coalition of leopard gecko breeders who are dedicated to having you know, having not only stellar and pure and healthy morphs but had excellent uh, breeder and work and uh, sales ethics. Uh, yes, ethics, again, that's the key. It, and that would be great. I mean, it, so for me, I was living in la-la land thinking that we could form a coalition of that, but then it never came about 
because people were saying, well, okay, if you do that, then you're going to form an elitist group of people, and it's going to be a good old boys, good old girls club. And yeah, who decides who's part of it and who's not part of it? Or, or who, you know, who is credible and who isn't? And who are we to judge? I know, and, that's the and, thing. And, and that's a very yeah. valid point, because we, it, it, it's, I think that uh, reptiles in general, but leopard geckos, are coming into, like Justin mentioned about, you know, AKC and things like, um, I think through attrition, that the, the ones that aren't um, involved in breeding or part of the community uh, uh, out of passion and love and, and credibility, well, they, they eventually just go away and we never hear from them again. But, but in the meantime, right. um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, it is a frustrating thing, and I can understand how so many people out a, there. You're going to have shady people getting into that uh, AKC for geckos eventually, too. It's not a, and even you if it do, you out, do. Yeah, even if it you, starts out you will with the see that. people and... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the humans are humans. There's, you know, there's some real creeps in this, and there's some real gems. And you know what it is? I don't know. It's like any other business. In fact, the problem is is that it's become such a business in a sense. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. It is great. But when there's money involved, you know, it attracts all kinds of people. And in the state of the economy yeah. and everything, people are... People are doing whatever they can to pay their bills, and they're, they're compromising. Well, desperate Moral, people do desperate things. Yes. Desperate people Elsa's do desperate right. things. Yes, and Elsa, I will Elsa say. Just, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Marcia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for many what? years, I I, wrote, uh, I I raised and bred and raised and showed AKC beagles, and I relied on their. Uh, you know, their pedigrees, which uh, you can get as much as 10 generations back, but you, AKC generally provides five generations, which I did for all the puppies that were uh, produced. And, and, again, I was not a puppy mill by any means. I was a hobbyist that just loved my dogs, and they were beautiful. And, but mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you straight up, straight up, there are judges that are bought off, Yep. And there are there are people uh, in, that raise dogs that are so focused on winning and having champions that they actually falsify records. Oh yeah. And so it, it, it's not just leopard geckos. I, I, I'm sure it happens in any other, uh, you know, in the quarter horse association. I'm sure it happens. You know, unless you have, uh, I think the horse people have really gone leaps and bounds beyond uh, dogs and especially, well, of course, geckos. But, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I mean, they actually have people that sign affidavits to witnessing a breeding. Yeah. And so if, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. But I just, uh, it's a mess. It's really a mess. And uh, I wish I had an answer for you, Justin. Okay. Yeah. We'll work on it. I mean, we'll work on thinking that. I don't. I would never even want to be the one to try to start something like that. Honestly. No. No. I. You know. I mean, that's like a target for. That's like a hater target for doing something like that. Oh my Good goodness! I think. It, I think it would. I think it would uh, do more harm in the leopard gecko community as far as breeders breeders go than it would do good. At this. Yeah. At this point. At this point. 
All right, caller from the 570 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, guys. Hey, Mandy. Good to see you yesterday. Hi. Hey, Dave. Hey, Marcia. What's Hello. up? Thanks for calling in. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> okay, so I recently, just on Saturday, got my first crested gecko. Woohoo! Yay! 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 Um, <laughs> I know. I, I finally crossed over to the dark side. So, um, <laughs> no, no, not the yeah. dark side. Just a, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, the last time I was on the show when I hosted, I was saying about the one that I fell in love with, and I finally got him. So, my question is probably going to sound completely stupid to all the people that already have Cresties. But, um, so no my house is 70 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> my house is 70 degrees at all times. So he's at room temperature in my house. Is it normal for them to always feel so, like, cool to the touch? Well, yeah. you're asking that, the wrong people. That's pretty much my question. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, but that's the only question I could think of, and I'm like, shoot, why not? <laughs> Although I don't work with crested geckos, I'm not ans- really mm-hmm. answering a, cre- a crested gecko question. I'm answering your question as, okay, our body temperature is 98.6 degrees, and anything right. that we anything that we touch and, and touch is going to feel that's lower than 98.6 degrees is going to feel cool. Yeah. Right. Go in the bathroom and put your hand on the counter. I'm also blonde, keep in mind. (laughs) Oh, stop. Yeah. Stop, stop. (laughs) No, it's Uh, true. Uh, We don't notice room temperature because our skin, you know, uh, because we're warm-blooded and our, our body temperature adjusts for our ambient temperatures around us. But if you take your hand and put it on your on your in your kitchen on the side of your kitchen sink if you put it on right. the handle of your mailbox if you put your hand on mm-hmm. anything that's cooler than our body temperature it's going to feel cool yeah right so, that's true i just so look looking at it him, from that i would ask, go ahead i'm sorry no I, I, touching him being used to touching like the beardy that's basking in a hundred degrees and touching yeah, the yeah. day gecko. Like, you know what I mean? I'm so used to, I mean, the leopard geckos, everything that I've ever, ever kept has always needed, like in the 90s for a warm spot and they've always been so warm. And then I pick up this little guy and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, it, immediately I get alarmed. Like, Oh no, he's so cold compared to what I'm used it to touching. Feel right. it. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. No, I know. it feels really yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you well, okay, not... buddy? Like, snuggle me, get warm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like these uh, these waxy monkey frogs that I like so much. You know, you, when you keep white tree frogs and other frogs, you know, you 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 never mm-hmm. want them to dry out, right? But these these waxy monkey frogs. Right. Do best when they're hot and dry, and it doesn't register in your brain. It's like 
well, how could they possibly do well like this? They're going to dry out and die. <laughs> but they don't. And it's kind of like the same thing, you know? Yeah, it's. I, well, I knew it was probably a stupid question, but no, I don't think that's a stupid <laughs> question at all. For example, if I ship geckos and and you know this time of year and in the fall, it's very sketchy on whether to add a heat pack or not. First of all, geckos, right? It's better it's better to to err on the side of too cool than too hot because they right. are cold blooded. Now. Your your crusties will never ever cooler than room temperature. Never. Okay. They, they, it's not possible for them to get cooler than room temperature. Mm-hmm. Anything cold blooded cannot get hotter or cooler than their ambient right. temperature. So yeah. even though it gotcha. feels cold to your hand, mm-hmm. uh, and, but your room temperature is seventy degrees, that means the gecko's at seventy degrees. So there's no way they can be colder than that if it, if that's your room temperature. So do not fear. <laughs> fear, fear not. That's completely not. normal. And the question you asked is very, very valid, and I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners out there that didn't even realize that. Yeah. So, right. okay. um, you're and if you're listening to the show and you want to learn more about Crestie's, uh, we did a show with Christy Central about a month or two ago, I think. Um, yeah. Yep. All about Krusty's, and we did we did a couple shows on Krusty's. I think we talked about it with the with Wally too. So. Um, and they yeah. could listen to me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So yeah, check them out. Um, all right, Mandy. Thank you so much. You have any other questions? For Thanks, Mandy. So much. Yeah. That no, that. It does. It makes me feel a lot better. I knew. I, it was like a. I knew it, but I second-guessed myself because it just didn't seem right. Like, ah, oh, thanks, well, guys. Well, what, what that means is that you love and care for your geckos. That's all it means. And we right. need a lot more people out there that feel that way. Right. Agreed. Well, you guys have a wonderful night. I'll be listening. Thanks so much. Thank all you. right, Mandy. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's give a caller from the 432 area code. I know who this is. What's up, Big Daryl? Hey, how's it going, guys? Dave, Marcia, hope hey, y'all are doing girl. well and enjoying the show as always. So, uh, what can we do for I you? still need to to get in touch with you, Miss Marcia, because I definitely want some of the efacios. So, well, hopefully you'll have some of those. Eggs. I've got eggs cooking. We'll see. There we'll you go. Boy, happens. I've got eggs cooking too, and boy, isn't it fun. <laughs> it is. It is. Although this year I, I'm um, uh, I'm go- only breeding on a very limited basis, and unfortunately, uh, it seems like the fascios uh, and as well as Afghanicus, uh, which are again the only two subspecies I work with, are not temperature sex dependent as far as uh, their gender. So, hmm. and and it could be that they are that that we're we're just not we're we're just they're just not in the range of the 80 to 90 degrees that we're used to with you know our our um mixed race if you will um uh leopard geckos but yeah getting them getting a male is is a bonus i i know that's probably true because you know i've picked up a few from john and I know he told me like like I've got some Turkmenicus and and uh, Montanus and stuff like that and <laughs> and and you know that's what he said he said I got to wait he said I'm having a hard time getting males and he was telling me this last year 
So obviously, so so do you do you still try to temperature sex them, or do you just incubate them all at say eighty six and? You know what? I still temperature sex them. Do you? I do. I, I was just if I wondering. Want boys, you... I put them in the eighty eight to eighty nine degree incubator, and if I want girls, I put them in the eighty one to eighty two degree incubator. But you know what? It doesn't. It seems to, that no matter what temperature I incubate <clears> both the Afghans and the. Uh, Fascios at I get primarily females and and if I'm lucky I'll get one or two males per year. Wow, hmm. I wonder yeah. how they make in it the, in the wild. The how do they how do they stay diversified in the wild? That's that's incredible. Well, so. here's the thing. Here's here's what I'm thinking, uh, and that's a really good. Uh, that's a very astute, you know, uh, observation on your part. Um, you know the. Females are are abundant in these subspecies, and males are not. But that gives the opportunity for genetic uh, uh, di- uh, diversity. Okay, right. one male one male can breed with several females per season, but the female See, is only good for the male that she bred with for that season, or at least half of it, anyway. Exactly. So, do you, do you think, think in the wild that these guys sit around, you know, the, the female's home range is pretty small, and then once a male reaches uh, maturity, sexual maturity, then they venture out to – my reason behind that is, is, you know, like tarantulas do that and different things. But yeah. Do you think they do that so so that the gene pool doesn't get, you know, uh, isolated to the point to where – you know, it's it's very very narrow, and that way, if the males roam further, then they're finding they're not breeding siblings or aunts and uncles. Right. They're finding a different right. population. No, I think I think that that's an extremely good point, and and I I don't know I don't know, but if we go with just you know logic and common sense, uh, it would that would hold true definitely. That the right. and and look at males of other species. Uh, for example, they tend to wander. Male dogs, sure. uh, domestic dogs, go out and mark territory to keep other males away. Um, most males are more inclined to wander and, than female dogs. Uh, right. I mean, let's just look at it that way. I mean, it doesn't mean that all female dogs don't wander and all male dogs do. That's not what I'm saying, is if you look at the, the natural uh, the natural behavior of uh, different genders in most species. Um, I mean, even fish, for Pete's sake. The, the females yeah. lay their eggs, and they don't necessarily pick which male, you know, fertilizes the eggs. But right. they, the males just come along, and you know, and and you know, their sperm drops and fertilizes the eggs that have already been deposited. And so it's so random at that point. My guess is exactly like what you said, that it it, it, it guarantees that the gene pools aren't so shallow in, in in the wild. So I think Mother Nature is very wise, and then we we tend to deviate from common sense and logic as far as Mother Nature goes, and and realize that. Um, you know that there is a, there is a difference in genders, especially when it comes to uh, procreation or reproduction, sure. and there's a reason for it. Nature. You would think, you would think that in. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, 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 no. Go ahead. You would think, though, with these animals in the wild being highly predated on, you know, you would think that it would be just the opposite, though, that there would be more males because they're going to tend to be out in the open more than the females are going to be. Well, and and you might think that, but let let me pose this as just a question, just a question for everybody to think about. If that's the case, why would females retain the sperm from one copulation for, you know, an entire breeding season? Because they know they may only get one shot. You're right. There you go. Because they don't come across each other that frequently. So, again, we're not giving Mother Nature credence when 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 we look at it from that aspect that, Okay, uh, a male and a female happen to come across each other. They breed, uh, and the female, just because Mother Nature is so wonderful that, you know, she's able to retain the sperm from one parent, from one copulation, to keep her offspring, uh, you know, the eggs that she's laying, um, fertilized throughout the season. If they came across each other more frequently, then that would not happen. Exactly, yeah, because that one male could could breed several females. Yeah, exactly. So does that Which leads right way? into my question that I was calling to ask anyway and got sidetracked because that's just the way I am. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> well, I asked Dave. He's used to it. He, you know, he has to put up with me on a regular basis. But when do you guys rebreed? Yeah, well. <laughs> when do you guys rebreed, Dave? Here's here's the here's the question. You you'd be more familiar with than Marshall. Maybe you can answer this one. Yeah. The Sun Glow female that that has produced three babies for me now. Kate and I had number two and number three today, and it was quite fun. He finally got to see a nose sticking out of an egg, and he just thought that was the berries. So, but my point is that she's laid four clutches now. And I'm pretty sure the first two, which was, the first one was one, and it hatched, and the second one was two, and they both hatched. But I'm worried that the next two clutches are going to be duds. I, I actually know the third, the third clutch, because it's all they're all fungused over and caved in, and oh. and I know the third clutch is not good. I, I'm still incubating it. But when do you, do you do you ever rebreed? Do you or do you think it's yeah. just coincidence yeah. or? No, it's not. In that case, I would pair her again with the male, just to maybe she needs more. You know, she's not. Yeah, she's not retaining it pro- probably. But um, well, let's put it this way, Daryl. I have some really special projects here that I I need to hit those odds on, and I gotta. I want to make sure that um, you know that that these these females are uh, fertilized for the season, and in a lot of cases, one pairing is is enough, but. Um, it doesn't hurt in my in my sense, in my eyes to repair them, uh, you know, after a few clutches. Some people leave the male in there the entire season. Um, I don't do right. that. I rotate my I rotate my males. So, you know, because I have like several groups of females of the same thing. So I basically bounce them yeah. back and forth now. But um, I, I think it's safe to pair again. It's, it's not going to hurt anything. I mean, I mean, unless you see them fighting or. If he's really right, an aggressive right. male or something, right? Yeah. Well, you um, know, and I actually uh, the, the the female is, you know, I got from you, which is a Tremper Mino Gecko Lady Cross. Right. And, <laughs> and oh, uh, David, David, you did not purchase a gecko from the Mino Gecko Lady. 
I oh, yes, we're going to have to have yes. words after this show if you've done that. <laughs> and then the oh, the, uh, the the male is a super giant straight from Trimper, Ron himself. Well, she and said I, it was I, I tried to from Golden Gate Gecko, so I had to buy it. There so you go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I, I did try to put her with him. Again, no, it's been three or four days ago, and she didn't seem receptive, but I think she's fixing to, well, I can tell you, she's, she's like clockwork. She goes every 18 days, so mm-hmm. the last yeah, I've, got something to, I've got something to go every 14 days, with just like clockwork. Yeah. Well, she's nice. going to lay, yeah. uh, she's probably going to lay either Tuesday or Wednesday, because you can see eggs in her, so she's probably going to drop it. And I'm, I'm really going to want to see if these are not good, then I'll definitely make sure definitely. that Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know about David, but but for for me, um, I've had, I mean, worst case scenario, I had a female that laid 17 clutches of eggs in one season. That's crazy. Well, I lost her. I lost her, and there was nothing in the world I could do to get her to stop laying eggs. But only the first five or six clutches were fertile, and after that, they were all infertile. Had I, this was years ago. Had I known, I would have tried to rebreed her again. But still, if she's laying infertile eggs, and I, for me, if the second clutch comes that's infertile or fails, I will rebreed them. Um, yeah, right. On the other hand, some females um, with one pairing will go six, seven, five, six, seven clutches. For the year. Well, and that was my thinking. If she's going to go ahead and lay duds, you might as well you might, exactly. repair you might anyway. Cause, right, right. That was because if she if she just quit laying, that would have been fine. I wouldn't have worried about her, and I'd let her go till next year. Because yeah. believe you me, I'm going to have plenty of eggs. I don't. I'm not in the <laughs> the, well, <laughs> the I, business, I, and, and so this, to speak. This is not a scientific thing in any way. Uh, what I'm going to what I'm going to say, but uh, it, it has to do with 19 years of breeding seasons. Um, right. It's my experience that the females will utilize the newest or most. I hate to use the word freshest because it seems so yucky. The 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 the, the most recent uh, pairing or sperm. The, right. the the sperm that they're retaining loses its mobility right over time and so even though they're retaining sperm it the the quality or the uh, or the or the um, life of the sperm deteriorates over time so if they're rebred that it's my experience and several other breeders that i've talked to that um the most recent pairing or the or the or the most recent I don't know how to say this in a politically correct way, but, you know, they will utilize the, the, the strongest sperm before yeah, the, the one. Those, the, the newest are going to swim better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <Right>. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say if this clutch that she's going to lay next week is infertile, go ahead and rebreed her. Now, there's another problem with that, and then she may not be receptive because a lot of times, uh, during the beginning of the season when females first ovulate, they're receptive. And even though they continue to ovulate every 14 to 21 days throughout the breeding season, they, in, their, you know, in their body chemistry, they have already made it, so they have no more use for a male. 
That's yeah. the way she appears. Whenever I did stick okay. her back with the mail, okay. she didn't seem interested at all. That I mean, she would, with my you know, experience. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'd start whipping her tail and running from him. You know, and I didn't leave right. her in there very long because I knew that she was going to lay again. But yeah, well, you don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to. The the time that they're the most uh, vulnerable uh, for breeding purposes is right after they've laid. I don't know if you've ever noticed right. anybody that's worked with leopards for a long time. The males, uh, I guess, the pheromones that the females give off right after laying a clutch of eggs are very strong. Yeah, uh, yeah they must be because. Yeah, once I pull eggs, I've noticed that several of the males that are close by where I pull the eggs will start vibrating. Their their tails will start going off, right? Yeah, right. So yeah, you right. can definitely. But that tell. doesn't mean that, that the female is going to be receptive, even though she continues to produce, uh, you know, ovum right. every fourteen to twenty-one days. Uh, a lot of times, a female is receptive, and then you let's say you've had them together for a while, and then all of a sudden she starts fighting off the male. Yep. Okay, and, and then it's like, well, she, he's, he, he, he's, and he, <laughs> sorry for saying this, but she, he, 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 he serves no purpose to her anymore. Right. She's yeah. already. And I, I have seen, I have seen just like, uh, like you were talking about earlier. I have seen the females just whip the males to submission. They oh. just crawl off and hide. You know, a lot of people think that breeding stress is on the female, but I'm going to guarantee you right now that. The stress of breeding is equally as great on the males as it is on females, other than the, you know, the uh, production of eggs is really physically, uh, right. really taps the females. But as far as breeding stress goes, I would honestly say that the majority of males get more stressed out over breeding season than females do, because once they've yeah. had, once yeah. they've conceived, they don't, they're, you know, they're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're done. They're, they're done. Yeah. yeah. One more yeah, question, and I'll get out of y'all's hair. Yeah, one more Go question. Ahead, if you miss a female, if you miss ovulation, are, have you just missed her for the season, or will she come in again? You've probably yeah. missed her for the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think ovulated second time. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I, I just... You think she will? But I, I think I missed one, but. Marsha, have you ever seen them ovulate a second time? Well, David, okay, they ovulate consistently every 14 to 21 days throughout breeding season, which right. could be eight months long. So yeah, but she not may not be receptive. Of them not ovulating. They, will, mm. they, they produce egg follicles every 14 to 21 days. And in some cases, every 25 to 28 days on some of them. But, but right. the, what's the important one, and I think that's what uh, I think that's what Daryl's getting at, is the, the first ovulation. When they're first, when when right. their rest their rest period is over, and they've begun ovulation for the beginning of the breeding season, that's where you do need to catch them. But yeah. it doesn't mean that if you didn't catch them, because I mean, some females ovulate in November. And they're done mm-hmm. by, you know, May or June. Others ovulate right. in spring, and they're done in the fall. I mean, the, the trick is catching them uh, during the beginning of ovulation, and that's when they're going to be the most receptive, right? Uh, you know, uh, to, to the male. 
But yeah. sometimes you got to you got to understand these animals are not that sophisticated, really. And so right. if they're you know they if, if they're producing egg follicles every 21 to 24 days, well, 21 days or 14 to 21, excuse me, um, they're continuing to you know produce egg follicles throughout breeding season, and they rely on the sperm that they've retained. They right. don't know that they need uh, a fresh supply to re-breed. of sperm. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, she, if, they, if you miss that first ovulation, then she, she thinks she's done for the year. Exactly. Even though she's still ovulating, she's not going to be receptive. Not, I mean, I wouldn't say in every single case. It's certainly not, it's, don't throw your hands up in there and say all is lost for this year. Right. Yeah. You know, you may, you may by, no, don't do that uh, unless you're afraid of them injuring each other. But, um, you know, you might catch her at a time where she is just freshly ovulating and she's receptive for a 24, 48-hour period. Yeah, I just, so I, it I'm going to keep trying up. her, but I'm, a, I'm afraid that, that I missed her. But Well, keep trying. Yeah, I'll do that. If you can keep follicles, sure. then, then, then keep trying. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And if it does, you might get a lucky window there where it can happen. Right, right. Well, great. And, Marsha, one of these days I am going to give you a call. I'd love to visit with you and again. Well, I wish uh, you would. That would be great. And not on David's dime. And I'll get out of y'all's hair and let you take another caller. And I appreciate everything you guys do and have done for the hobby. And keep up the great work, Dave. It's going great. All right, yes, Daryl, if you want to talk later, I'll be up. If you're around, I'll text you. Yeah, do that. That'd be great. All right. Thanks All for right. calling in, Daryl. You bet. Thank you all. All right. We've got a bunch of callers here. I hope we can get to them. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, caller from the – oh, geez. Let's see. Caller from the 571 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Caller, are you there? All right. Caller from Hello, the 9091. Nah, I, I, I hung up. Caller from the 909 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hello? No? Okay. Caller from the 401 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hey, guys. It's Chris. Hey, hey Chris. Chris. What's up, bud? Not much. Uh, my question is uh, regarding white and yellows. I'm not sure if you guys do anything with them. Um, I'm actually looking to get into a project with them. I heard there's actually two different types of white and yellows. Um, there's one that can actually create 100% if bred to other than white and yellows, and others that can actually push out 50%. I'm not sure if this is true, so I'll see if you guys can help me out. Um, yeah, we've been a lot of us have been talking about this for a while. Um, I'll I'll, I'll Take this one first, Marsha, if you, if you don't mind. Well, good, um, because I don't work with white and yellows. I, I might learn something. That would be wonderful. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm trying to learn something, too. Well, here's what I know. In my experience and from, you know, talking with breeders like Chunt Scarborough and Matt, it seems to be a dominant trait, okay? Now, there's other people that say there's a two-copy white and yellow now, and, you know, it definitely shows itself. Now, the white and yellow right. has been throwing us for a loop a little bit, too, where... Uh, animals that we think are possible white and yellows are nine times out of ten producing white and yellow. So it can be a very subtle, low-expression morph in a lot of cases, too. So 
it's it's a tough one. To, it's a tough one to call. Like I, I regularly post geckos that I'm still not sure about. Some of them are really dramatic, like especially in the bells. Like the white and yellow with bells is very noticeable. Uh, we don't know too much about the white and yellow in rainwater because they're just starting to pop out now. Uh, we know that white and yellow in trimpers, uh, sometimes you can't see it very well. It doesn't really uh, affect the trimpers, but in, in another case it does. I think it's just a very variable gene, and I think, in my opinion, that it's a dominant trait. Um, I don't think that there's a, a white and yellow that produces 100% white and yellows when bred to right. non-white and yellow. Yeah, so... You know, right, we, now, we talk they about the white. Anything... Sorry, right, go ahead. What? <laughs> no, now, do they have sure. anything with eye eye pigments? Like, is it almost like a pigment gene with the eye pigments, or does it? It doesn't have I any kind of play with that at all. No, I haven't seen it affect the eye color at all. Uh, the enigma gene does, but no, I haven't seen it really affect eye color. Too. As, well, I've seen some bells have really nice, what, nice, cleaner white eyes. Maybe it has a little bit of a subtle effect. Um, nothing drastic like an enigma. From what I've seen. Right. So, but you know what? Uh, I think we should do. You know what? Tune in Wednesday. Why don't we? Uh, if you want to call in, we'll have, we're going to have Matt on, and we'll, uh, okay. we'll hit him up with all these all these good white and yellow questions. Perfect for Wednesday night. Awesome. That yeah. would be great. Thank you so much. Anytime, Chris. Thanks for calling in, bud. All right. Take Thanks, it easy, Chris. Guys. All right. Let's go ahead and grab a uh, caller from the another call here. Four zero one. The 662 area code. You're oh. live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hey, Dave. It's Chris from the Loki Reptiles. Hey, Chrissy. How are you? Good. Hey. How are you? Hi. Good. Hanging in here. Hi. How how's are you? How's everything? Uh, really? New, uh, Rhode Island there. Oh, it's really good, yeah. <laughs> um, what was my question? Okay. So kind of a weird um, behavioral question. I have a um, female uh, Tremper Giant, she's a moose lion, and whenever any of my geckos lay eggs, I find that they just sort of lay them, bury them, and then sort of just walk away. But tonight when I went to go, um, when I was cleaning, she um, actually tried to defend her eggs. Again, I, she tried to bite me. And normally my giants are really docile. They, like, don't care if I pick them up. Right, You know, even if right. there's eggs there. I've never had a leopard gecko, like, actively try to defend her eggs. Now, she doesn't bury her eggs. She lays them on the surface and then sits on top of them. So I didn't know if that was just a funky thing with her or if you guys, um, in your many years of experience, have uh, noticed that before. Yeah, I've seen that happen. What about you, Marcia? As a general rule, they leave them. But I do have females that even if, whether they bury their eggs or not, will guard them. Yes. I've okay. seen that. It's the exception and not the rule. Yeah, it's the exception and not the rule. Most most of the time they leave them, and after that they're hungry. Uh, okay. But I do, have, I, I do have some females that really will sit there indefinitely um, until you actually physically remove the eggs. Now, I've never had one try to bite me, but they did uh, exhibit... Uh, you know, defensive behavior like tail waving or standing up on their tippy toes or, you know, uh, you know, an aggressive, or it's a defensive posturing, basically, but I've never, I've never had one bite me, but yes, yeah, I, I mean, have seen it, that. I was kind of, it kind of took me by surprise because normally she's very mellow and, you know, you can pick them up and she just kind of looks at you, 
and she actually like kind of spun around and tried to nip at me, and that's when I noticed she had eggs. Like it almost like she's brooding them. She sits on top of them. I'm, I've never experienced it other than you know working with birds, but I was like, this is very strange. Mm. But um, well, I would woman, just say I would just say that's her behavior, and you'll yeah. you'll know on the next clutch to be prepared for it. Yeah, definitely. And um, before I steal any more time, I just wanted to throw something out there at you guys. When you were talking about um, your gecko that had changed sex, um, there are species of uh, amphibians that can change sex. So I didn't know if maybe that was um, something that... There are species of, uh, all kinds of species of reptiles that do that, uh, and and amphibians that do that, and it's based, again, on Mother Nature. If the the numbers aren't in favor of a male-to-female ratio, a a natural male-to-female ratio, that they will change gender, yes. Yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. But in this case, okay. I think with the leopard geckos, it had to do with incubation temperature, and at some point during the egg's incubation, uh, that it, the, 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 even though leopard geckos don't really have testosterone or estrogen, but they have a male hormone versus a female hormone, and um, I think it has to do with, uh, at that point, the zygote, uh, which is just a, a cellular embryo at that point, uh, uh, gets bathed with these chemicals, these these uh, uh, hormone chemicals, and um, that that's that's a different situation. Okay. All right. Okay. Very cool. Thank All you right. so Thank much. All right. Thank you, Chrissy. I was really happy with later. All right. Bye. Okay. All right. I got two more callers. We're going to take one. I know is from Alaska, and one other one. We're going to grab. Uh, and guys, we're going to go into a little bit of overtime tonight. So if you want to hear the very end of the show, call in now so you can hear it uh, on a live or else the show cuts off it uh, in three minutes. The call-in number is 346-478-5331. All right, caller from the 909 area code. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. All right, never mind. Caller from the 916, which is Marcy, I believe. Marcy, you there? Hello, 916. Oh, if, it's, if it's who oh, I think anytime. it is, I, I know who this is. Who's Hello, this? am I on? 916. You are on. Oh, hi. Hi. Um, hi. My name is Mark. Hi, Mark. I'm uh, a new breeder. And, oh, that's uh, Mark. Hi there. <laughs> hi, um, Mark. I knew it was you when he said 916. But <laughs> <laughs> hi. Hi. Um, I don't really have have a question. Um, I, I'm just uh, um, really taking in all this information, and and uh, um, maybe I could say to uh, other new breeders out there, um, um, it's really important to reach out to people that know to avoid making countless mistakes. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, I've made a few anyway, but uh, uh, people like Marsha and David and others have helped me out so much, and I am so grateful. Um, um, that's that's pretty much what I got to say right now. Um, okay, well, that's I appreciate it, Mark. Thank you for listening to the show, and 
Uh, I'm happy and to Mark, have any time, Mark, of we're, we're grateful that there are new people coming into a hobby like you that are as passionate yes. and willing to learn as you are. I appreciate that. Yeah, in another right, few Mark. months, another few months, I'll be starting up a, a fledgling company. And and uh, anyway, I'm really looking forward to the future. And well, thank we are you. too. We're we're happy to have you on board, Mark. Thanks for appreciate calling it. in. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Well, what do you say, Marsh? I think we did a good job tonight. What do you think? Well, I'm glad that we opened the phone. You've opened the phone lines because um, a lot of times there's so, you know, that we we start talking on a certain subject or with a certain guest, and and that's great. And then the mm-hmm. call-in time is a little bit limited. So I'm glad that this t- tonight was primarily a uh, listener call-in night. Well, you know what? There's so, a question that I got that I got a lot in the group this week, and I I promised the person that we would touch on it tonight and uh, we can do this right now quickly if you like. It's about shedding and uh, leopard geckos that have bad sheds and um, the caller wanted to know, have some insights on how to handle that and maybe you can give some of your advice on that, Marcia, if you don't mind. Well, there's several reasons that a gecko would have that, a bad shed and first of all it would be too high of temperatures and not enough humidity available for them to shed. Um, another reason is the age of the gecko. For example, I have some 15-year-old geckos at home that continually have problems with shed, and I just think it's from old age, you know, and that mm-hmm. type of thing, and they need assistance. Uh, mm-hmm. But shedding, believe it or not, shedding and calcium metabolism are governed by the parathyroid gland. The parathyroid gland is part of, it's a separate part of the thyroid gland. So the, the gecko's um, um, metabolism or, or their um, metabolism for absorbing and utilizing calcium is governed by the, the parathyroid gland, but also shedding. So the first thing I would say is if you've got a problem gecko, and, and you know what, I've had a few that just have they constantly have shedding issues, especially, you know, especially like on their feet or toes and, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it may be a thyroid, uh, a parathyroid condition. Uh, it may be, but the first thing we, before we jump to any conclusions about, oh, my gosh, my gecko's got a thyroid problem, we need to right. take a good look at our husbandry. Yep. And check your temperatures. Are they too high? If they're too high, higher temperatures cause their general metabolism to work too rapidly. And shedding is, is a direct uh, uh, result of metabolism. Uh, so you want to check your temperatures, number one. Number two, if you've got a problem gecko, you want to take a look at their, their humidity conditions and make sure that they have an appropriate place to humidify themselves so that shedding is not a problem. But then again, you'll always come across a couple that just have chronic. And if that's the case, what I do is I have a um, uh, like a zip, one of those square Ziploc containers, you know, uh, with mm-hmm. some holes poked in the top of it. And I put about a half inch of uh, just a little bit warmer than room temperature water in it, put the gecko in it, seal the lid so they don't escape, and set a timer for about 10 or 15 minutes 
and then come back and see if that doesn't help. Sometimes you just manually have to help them shed. Um, mm-hmm. Another good way of getting it off the toes, and there's going to be a lot of people that throw their hands up there and curse me over this, but is to use a, a swab or a Q-tip, get it wet, one end of it wet, and then dip that wet end into just some standard 2, per, two or 3% hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide that you get at, you know, any, you know, any place. And then uh, slather the toe tips or the tail tip or the nose or, or the eye. You don't want to put hydrogen peroxide on the eyes. But, uh, and let it set for a few minutes and then take the dry end of the Q-tip and gently, in a rolling motion, opposite the way the skin is, try to roll it off until you can get a hold of it with your fingers and pull it off, or at least, especially on toes, get it past the claw. If there's residual shed on the toenail, you don't have anything to worry about. It'll come off. Um, if mm-hmm. it's on the toes, then you definitely risk um, having that shed you know, constrict and cut off blood supply to the digit, and, and it could cause, you know, loss of digits. So, um, yeah. anyway, that's my take on it. Yeah, I would agree 100%. I, uh, I encounter the same things occasionally. Um, do you think it's a genetic thing, or do you think it just, you know, just happens? Well, I, mean, what, what I, I, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say it's a genetic thing. Uh, it could be a congenital thing, and the difference between genetic and congenital is Genetic means it's in the genes, mm-hmm. and congenital means that it has to do with the mother's the the mother's uh, uh, health and metabolism uh, during uh, during gestation, or mm-hmm. uh, something that occurs in the egg. But um, so I don't know that it's genetic, but it could be. There could be a genetic tendency towards uh, uh, thyroid. Uh, issues. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's I not necessarily it. in the genes. It's it's uh, you know that there might be a genetic tendency to be prone to those things as far right. as uh, but, but it's congenital. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that'll answer the person's question and pretty well. And uh, yeah, yeah. I hope so. And then absolutely. Well, Marcia, I just want to. I think we did a great job tonight. Um, and I think we should definitely. Uh, do more open line type calls in the future with the show. You know what the problem is? I really though, like that. That gives people, yeah, that gives people a chance to, you know, call in with their questions, and I think that's wonderful. Uh, a lot of people are very shy, though. That's what I found. Yeah, so, I know. You know, I am I too. Wish in, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to be very shy, and. I've taken on this task of doing radio to get over a lot of that. It definitely helps. Um, you know, if you have an issue, like if you're scared of heights, the only way you're ever going to get over it is to put yourself up on high places so you get used to it. So it's kind of like you know what? That, that's true. The, ex- the, the exposure therapy is is definitely true. And I would yep. say that anybody's if anybody that's a, uh, has a fear or a phobia against reptiles needs to have a leopard gecko. That's Don't right. Get over it really fast. Real fast, yes. <laughs> All right, well, cool. Well, Marsha, I won't take up any more time. I'll let you go back to your your beautiful uh, your beautiful house there in the. Uh, oh my gosh! I don't know if you can California. hear in the background the crickets, the frogs, and the woodpeckers, and it, it's oh, just nice. uh, this is this is heaven. And I'm just glad my phone worked <laughs> for this 
for this session so much, so I won't be so scared in the future to uh, call in. But thanks for having me on the show, David. And once again, um, I I cannot express more uh, my gratitude and and thankfulness that you have provided this uh this wonderful opportunity and uh, at, with gecko nations for us to you know to pull you know to pull together and focus on what's really important for every single one of us and that's our animals and um i just i just can't i can't i can't give you enough kudos for for making this possible david and I also value you as a, re- a breeder, and, and I consider you a very dear friend and always will. Thanks for having I me on. Good night, everybody. All right, good night. I love you, Marcia. Talk to you soon. We love you, too. All right, good night. All right, everybody. Um, wow, great show. Thank you, Marcia, again for coming on. Uh, everybody that's stuck with us this long, thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and play the outro, come back with my closing remarks, and I'm going to play a cool song. So... Hang tight. Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpeticultural Alliance and U.S. Art. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to U.S. ARC so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners' rights nationwide. You can donate to the U.S. ARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the U.S. Herpeticultural Alliance newsletter and blog at www.usherp.org. That's right, everybody. Please do what you can. All right, it's really important that we uh, we uh, protect our rights for exotic animal ownership. Um, you know, it's the time of the show, you know, where it's at the end, and I usually give you guys my closing remarks. And I guess tonight I really don't have a ton of things to say, but I just want to say for everybody out there that's supporting what we're doing here and uh, helping us uh, promote the show, that's important. We really haven't expanded out. Uh, from Facebook yet, and we're going to be doing that soon with the website. And, uh, you know, we already have the uh, app available for Android. But uh, it's tough promoting on Facebook. So if you guys like the show, if you like what we're doing, uh, please please uh, share the Facebook page, the Gecko Nation Radio Facebook page, and uh, share the uh, show links, okay? That will be a big help uh, to, so we can help reach new people that can benefit from what we're doing. All right? Um, and before I play the song, I just want to go over our list of sponsors real quick and uh, help you guys find them online. Number one, Dale's Bearded Dragons, uh, biggest and best supplier of reptile supplies at all the Northeast Expos, okay? Uh, check them out at uh, www.dalesbeardeddragons.com and mention Gecko Nation Radio. 
But basically, if you guys need something, uh, supplements, uh, all different kinds of Zoomed products and stuff like that, and you don't, and you want to play, and you want, you know, you want to pay less than press or prices, and you can't find it, uh, contact me on Facebook or contact Dale's Beater Dragons on Facebook or online, and mention Gecko Nation Radio, and you're going to get a great deal. Their prices are already 20% to 30% less than the Festers anyway. All right, so just terrific source. Also, abdragons.com is your source for Dubia roaches. They have the best quality uh, Dubias right down in the U.S., and they carry FlexWatt heat tape. So, you know, you get the best of all. So you guys need FlexWatt to make your roach bins or you need FlexWatt for your, for, your, uh, for your racks, check out abdragons.com. Use the word checkout, and you're going to get an instant 5% off your order, your purchase. All right. Uh, let's see. Next one in line. I'm just going to go randomly here with our sponsors, uh, Gecko Boa Reptiles, uh, www.geckoboa.com. Check out John Scarborough. He's got cutting-edge uh, leopard gecko morphs, and he's basically the, uh, the leader in wild types right now in the U.S. has some amazing locales of different uh, uh, agri-menus and all different types of, you know, fuscus and uh, different leopard gecko wild types. So check them out. Uh, next in line for tonight is going to be Supreme Gecko. Wally's got crested geckos, uh, day geckos, micro geckos, and supplies. Check out SupremeGecko.com. Then we have Fat from OhioGecko.com. Awesome tangerines, fat tails, snows, some really unique stuff uh, over at Ohio Gecko. Check them out. Also check out Gecko Forums, definitely. GeckoForums.net is your place to go for anything gecko and reptile related turning out to be a big thing. Uh, Reptiles Express, reptilesexpress.com is the best shipping company to use to ship your animals nationwide. Check out Reptiles Express. Uh, one of our new sponsors is giantleopardgecko.com. Keith, Keith Kiggins is awesome at breeding giants and all kinds of cool tremper morphs and other stuff. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on over at Giant Leopard Gecko. Check them out. Uh, of course, the great Ron Tremper. Ron Tremper, leopardgecko.com. Got to, got to check out Ron. Got to, you know, see what he's working on. Always some beautiful animals with Ron. And nobody's done more for the world of leopard geckos than him. I'd like to congratulate him on his marriage. Uh, awesome stuff. So it's just great um, to see him happy and uh, see a new uh, new marriage with two gecko people coming into the into play. It's, it's pretty cool. I like it. <laughs> Um, let's see, who else do we have? Oh, my God, we've got so many sponsors now. I'm going to have to start turning people away. Uh, Rainbow Mealworms, the biggest worm farm in the world. Jillian Spence is a doll to deal with and uh, just a great place to get your worms. So definitely check out rainbowmealworms.net, okay? Rainbowmealworms.net. There is no rainbowmealworms.com. Um, and if you're in the Gecko Nation group, there is a promotion running right now. So you got to join the group to get uh, a discount on your worms from Rainbow Mealworms. And, of course, MS2 Premium Chow, uh, excellent roast chow. Got to check it out. Um, you can get it at Rainbow Mealworms, and you can buy it direct. Uh, it's just great stuff to feed your, your feeder insects. Okay? And uh, I believe that's it. And uh, I just want to let everybody know that another great show uh, has, has come. And gone. And uh, this Wednesday we have a special show with Matt Baranek of Sassabek Reptiles. 
and I think we're going to talk a lot about white and yellows in this one. I don't think there's anybody out there better to answer our questions for white and yellows than Matt. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, and here's a cool song. This song uh, reminds me of Marcy uh, from MS2. She's always posting on Facebook about her, uh, her, about her vapor, uh, what are these things called, these new e-cigarette vapor things. Check this out.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.